Welcome to the Occupational Safety Leadership Podcast, episode number 74. In this episode, we're going to sit down and start to break down a couple of the chapters. I should say a couple, all the chapters in ISO 45001. Uh, today's episode, we will talk about the scope, references, and then terms and definitions. Um, and probably in the next six or seven uh, episodes, we'll sit down and break down the individual chapters, give people a little more info in detail. Uh, we've already discussed a very brief overview of ISO 45001. We've discovered um, the positive and negative benefits. I shouldn't say benefits, the negative attributes to this uh, when we look at episode 72 and 73. And this just kind of continues the uh, journey. So let's just go ahead and get started. Uh, so very brief uh, introduction again for anybody who's just lit, uh Chiming into this one podcast and not to the other couple, ISO 45001 is a international standard that sets a effective occupational health and safety management framework. And so basically the framework is it's, it's giving you a system so that you can identify, control, and minimize the risks uh, related to health and safety in the workplace. And like all of the ISO standards out there, I haven't found one that doesn't do this, but they all follow the Plan, Do, Check Act model um much like we do in in our life we plan do check act so let's look at section one when we talk about the uh, scope so i do think that this is one of the most uh important ones only for the sheer fact of it really helps to define the boundaries that you're going to do uh in the ideal world it would be awesome if you'd say i'm going to do everything inside this physical footprint i control it all i'm doing it all and all that but we also understand that given the way that today's uh, workplace is, there are certain places that uh, you control. And of course, control is the company control. And some, sometimes you're renting a place, sometimes you own a place. And so there's a lot of things, but we want to set the boundaries. So let's look at a couple of uh, examples for setting the boundaries. Uh, we may, of course, in this ex um, example, want to do the physical locations only, like manufacturing sites, but maybe we don't want to cover the sales offices then. So we want to look at the product and services that we control, uh, but maybe not the actual building itself. There's uh, more and more places, um, uh, companies out there, I, sh I should say not places, that are starting to uh, outsource uh, facilities and maintenance and all that. So it makes it really hard, even though you have a contract in place to 100 100% say we control the contractor, we control what they're going to do, we pay them and all that. It, it's, it makes it harder to put them as part of the scope. doesn't mean that you can't, it just makes it a lot harder. And uh, many times we want to look at activities and processes as part of occupational safety and health. Uh, for example, you may think about um, administration and accounting, having them not covered doesn't mean that you can't have accidents and uh, incidents happen there, but maybe what you want to do is focus on your very high severity, high probability places where accidents and injuries happen. And maybe in future ones, you'll think about the office areas and the cube farms and all that stuff. So again, this kind of defines the scope of really where we're saying the boundaries are going to be for this, uh, uh, for ISO 45001. In section two, we're going to talk about any uh, external standards as far, part of uh, the references or documents that we need to reference. 
And when we think about uh, the other ISO standards of ISO 9001 and ISO 14001, we can also look at references like operations and maintenance manuals. And like all things, you want to use the latest edition and it must match what the equipment has. Many times there's going to be a piece of equipment that stays in place. And as the manufacturer kicks out new software, you then have to ask for the new manual, of course, too, and not just, I, uh, I'm going to keep the manual from, um, from 1995, but I have the software from 2010. So you always have to get that latest manual, that latest edition out there. Uh, you'll also find uh, that there's going to be places that as they, as they kind of go, the uh, manufacturer of that equipment, they've kind of figured out how to do things better with their pumps and their motors and all that kind of stuff too. So look at the references that you want to include in this then. When we look at section three, this is where we look at the terms and definitions. So, and a lot of these, of course, are just going to be talking about the key terms, you know, and these are ones that I just managed to, to, to find and use pretty good in other places. This does not mean that all these are going to work 100% for you. But when we talk about a definition of competence, the skills, knowledge, and experience needed to successfully perform a job. That's a very broad category, but how do we really break down the competence? How do we really say this is exactly how somebody is trained and uh, I also have a record? You know, you just can't say uh, wink, wink, you know, these guys have been trained because they've been shadowing somebody for uh, 30 days and now they know the machine well and all that. That's awesome and that's great, but you have to have a record that you can go back and audit. And the competence, of course, is going to be what you determine the competence and you, the company, determine the competence to be. So it's a very broad overall category. Um, I'm not going to go through every single one word for word. Oh, let's talk about contractor then. A external company that provides services to the organization as per agreed contract specifications or terms and conditions. Again, another very broad category. But the big thing to, to uh, focus on here is that it's a external company. So is this one that you can put in the scope or maybe one that's really hard to put in the scope then? So uh, let's look at a couple of more of these uh, definitions here. Uh, corrective action, a activity taken to correct the nonconformity by identifying and, and addressing its root cause. We'll get more into the corrective action and all that stuff kind of as we sit down and break down the categories as we as we sit down and go then so uh let's look at a hazard anything that has a potential to cause injury or ill health it's a pretty broad category too then you know but again it's going to be you guys who really kind of define a lot of these things out there then so and that is it for episode 74, just a very brief introduction into the first three sections of ISO 45001. In today's podcast, we covered the scope, references, and the terms and definition. The big thing to focus on is going to be the scope. You know, Make sure that everybody agrees this is what the scope is because it's really easy to go outside, outside of the scope because people get very excited and I found a hazard. We're going to do this and we're going to do that. And that's awesome and great. It doesn't mean that you don't, that you do not address it. You know, you just have to put it in, in place that when it comes time 
for the audit and the follow-up and all that. This is exactly what the scope is. Outside stuff is awesome too, but figure out what the scope is. So episode number 74 is complete. Thank you for joining me today. My name is Dr. David Ayers. Have a safe day.